0: Welcome to the Unbillable Hour. I
1: am your host, Christopher Anderson, and today's episode is about production. And a really important, quite honestly, from my perspective, the quintessential part of production, which is team. Um, If you recall, the main triangle of what we talk about, of what a law firm business must do, includes acquiring new clients, which we call acquisition, producing the results that you promised, which we call production. And achieving the business and professional results for the owners. And today's episode, like I said, is about team. It's about that production part of it. We make the promises to our clients when they hand over money or other things of value in order for us to take on their problems and make them our own. And uh, we then produce the results. And then hopefully we get professional results and business results for us. But what we do in that middle, very often for many of us, involves team. Um, We don't do it all on our own. And so we're going to talk today about this because I think it gets really short shrift. You know, nobody at the tech shows, at the conferences, the sessions on marketing and sales, and really even some on metrics uh, get a lot of attention. And there's not as much attention as it probably should be about team. And so I'm really excited to have my guest today. It's uh, Joey Sieber. He is the CEO of Level Legal. And we're going to be talking today on the episode of the Unbillable Hour called Hiring for Integrity. Let me start off with my traditional terrible introduction of Joey Sieber, again, CEO of Level Legal. He's a lawyer, and he runs his own firm. He's an experienced litigator, considers himself an entrepreneur, which is what we all should. And also, interestingly, for the show, a dedicated elected official. He's Done this OJT. He's learned the ins and outs of the profession working on his own firm level legal. Um, he's, you know, from tackling litigation related discovery to trying cases before a jury, but quite honestly, also from serving as three terms as the mayor of Tyler, Texas. He's learned that in both government and in law firms, important questions help us to make the big decisions. And collaborating with colleagues is the way to get the best work done. Joey has a desire to bring out the good in his teammates, the excellence, really, in his teammates. And he grounds us in values of what he what he calls duty, authenticity, and respect. And he values the team that always shoots straight. And with that, he's looking to make a big change in the legal world, as we all are. Um, so whatever world you want to be making a change in, I think this episode on team is really important. And without further ado, let me introduce Joey Sieber, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you very
2: much. I'm, I'm very glad to be be with you.
1: So, Joey, you know, I talked, I started in this introduction, um, you know, I talked about how you've been informed in your thinking about team, about acquiring team members, um, both in your work in the courtroom, in your law firm, and as an elected official. But what, what would you say are the underpinnings of the core learnings that you've had that have brought you to be wanting to talk about? How to hire and attract a great team?
2: Look, I think it's because of uh, mistakes made. <laughs> I mean, Good. it's the same same way that most of us work, and that is, you know, I found myself over the years with a with a less than fifty percent success in hiring, and wondering, you know, you know what what went wrong here. And the first thing you have to do is look in the mirror. What did I not see? What did I miss? And you have some great hires, and. You try to find what are the best things about those. So I would start by saying, I appreciate your kind introduction. And then as I was listening to it, I thought, well, I'm, I'm really not qualified to speak on this because I remember. <laughs> and I that's remember, the show, ladies and gentlemen. Thank yeah, you so very much. There we go. But I remember all the mistakes. What I can say is <clears throat> I've learned a lot, particularly in the last two or three years, about what to look for and how to look for it. And we're now having a measure of success with some really great team members. So I come to you as a student, always learning, and happy to share my, my war stories. <laughs> so, Excellent.
1: Well, I mean, that's how, it, that's how we do it. You've described your hiring culture, your hiring process at Level Legal as one that seeks exacting standards and culture, so can you just talk a little bit about, first of all, what those two things mean to you and then how you use the interview process and the hiring process to test for that?
2: Absolutely. First of all, we, we, we identified our, our core values at Level Legal many years ago. And we rather than just being values that we put on our website or put on the wall and leave them there, we, we, we believe in them, we live by them, we interview for them, we promote using them. Sometimes we have to have conversations about performance using them, and we terminate when we have to based upon them. And our three core values are give a damn, get it done right, and show respect. And so you have to use those as the overarching values that we're looking for anytime time we're interviewing and in everything that we do. So I don't say, give me an example of a time that you give a damn. But I'm looking for that in everything that we, and everything that I ask or everything that we ask. So we're looking for experiences that support those core values, okay? Mm -hmm. And then what I would say is we're, the way that you find out these things is not, is through an experiential interview. Give me an example of a time when, give me an, and another, and another. So sometimes you want to run that to ground to try to discern is this just a flippant answer or you know, is this something that, that people have experience with? So those are the overarching values that we're looking for. Whatever your values are in your organization, I would just encourage people to start with that if you haven't already. What is really important to us? Why do we get up in the morning?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So let's just so that people can kind of think about this the right way. I love let's we'll start with the first one. So because you, you said specifically that on the value of give a damn, which I love these. I, I really like the values you put out there you said specifically that you don't say give me an example of when you've given a damn which I applaud but so that people can think about how to approach this give give can you give one or two interview questions that you would use to ascertain
2: that value nothing like being on the spot yeah no listen what I'm looking for so along with those values we have behaviors that are attached to them that all of our people know I You know, one of the behaviors with Give a Damn is that you understand that we're working for something bigger than ourselves. You're working for something bigger than yourself. How would that show up in an interview? So as people are talking about their experience, I might ask, why is that in a way that they handled a particular situation? I might say, ask, why is that important to you? Why is it important that you did that? What motivated you to do that? Why do you think you did that that way? So you just have to be conscious of the behaviors that you're looking for mm-hmm. and then look for them in, again, what we call an experiential interview. So it's not as easy. The thing about it is it's more challenging. It's not as easy as just i got to have this checklist and I'm going to ask this question, ask this question, ask this question. You've got to be thinking and engaged if you really want to get to the heart of the matter with whoever it is you're talking about. What I would say it is – Outline your core value. What are your core values? What do you all get up in the morning? This is why we get up. This is why we go to work. They're going to be different for every organization. And then if you can outline five behaviors for each of those, then your organization knows them and you can use them in your interviewing and be looking for them.
1: What process did you go through to establish yours? I mean, because I I think everybody knows, but you're right, like a lot of people pull... I visit a lot of law firms around the country talking with lawyers and I see their value statements and their core values put on the wall. And it's like, they're from a freaking cereal box.
2: You know, it's like honesty, it, it, integrity, yeah, fairness. So what process did you use to kind of distill yours? There was no blood, but there was sweat and tears involved in articulating these. Probably one of the hardest things we've done as a team. We didn't do this from the very beginning. We did this about five years into our company. Mm -hmm. And we we got our leadership team together. And we use a a process called um, a management system called Traction or EOS. You may have heard of it before. But as we were beginning that process, our coach, we have a business coach that helps us helped us to articulate them. And so as you would imagine, you begin, you've got all of the platitudes, all of the honesty, integrity, and all of the rest. You've got 20 or 30 things that you think you are. Yeah. And then we go through a process of keep, kill, and combine, and then how do we articulate it best? And it took the better part, it took four or five hours on two different days for us to finally get there. But once we did, like, you know what, that is it. Those are the three core values that we, we had the advantage of having worked together. And so we could think experientially what, what, you know, what has been important to us.
1: Well, it sounds like that. I mean, that that is huge investment of time, like to get, not just you, but like your, your senior leadership team together to do that. But it sounds like the clarity that that's brought in the hiring process has paid dividends. Once
2: you nail it, you use it for everything. You use it for hiring, use it to make decisions, use it to, it's not just for hiring or, 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 or HR, it's how, how would we communicate this? I mean, just, just, just today, we were talking about an issue in our leadership meeting, which we had just before this, and it was an issue about communicating somebody leaving our, our company. And as we were talking about how to communicate that, somebody said, well, I mean, our third core value comes into play here. What is the most respectful?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, yeah, that. There so it's, yeah. Not just, it's not just for hiring.
1: No, indeed not. Yeah, if you don't practice it, then the hiring process becomes a sham. All right, so we've been talking with Joey Sieber about how to hire for the key and core values in your business and, and how to actually get there. Um, we're going to take a little break right now. We're going to come back. And I'm going to ask Joey about like, what he's really looking for as predictors of success and the one thing that scares all of us, which is they look so great on paper, and they're not. So we'll ask about that right after we hear a word from the folks who make this show possible. Delegate out those tasks that take up your time. Staffy can help you with your legal, administrative, marketing, and even client-facing workload. Hiring Staffy's top-notch bilingual virtual staff means Staffy does the recruiting, Hiring and training for you. Then, if you need a change, Staffy handles it. You get to concentrate on your strategic work. Schedule a free consultation at Staffy.cc. That's S-T-A-F-I.cc, and get $500 off with code Happy24. Law clerks' nationwide network of talented freelance lawyers is trusted by thousands of law firms, solo attorneys, and firms can get help with the project-based work and also ongoing work via a subscription. Sign up is free and there are no monthly fees. You only pay when you delegate work. Plus, LawClerk has a new app for your mobile device to help you manage the work you've delegated while you're on the go. Be sure to use referral code UNBILLABLE when you sign up at lawclerk.legal. Hello, we are back with Joey Sieber. Um, we've been talking about hiring. Um, and we've been, we had a nice conversation about uh, establishing core values and hiring according to them and, and gave some great examples. So I wanted to move the conversation along a little bit, Joey, and ask you about like, okay, so now you're sitting in the interview. What are you looking for as predictors of success with
2: the candidate? I'm looking for what their experiences have been. I think we have to have in mind what it is that we're looking for. I mentioned the core values. You're also looking for, the tasks that you're going to have them do. Just quickly, there's a job description, and then there's a role description. Mm -hmm. A job description is something that we might publish, that we might keep in the HR file. It is very broad, and it talks about the various responsibilities of that job. The role description is what I really want you to do when you get here. And sometimes those are very different. A role description is specific. And so I create a role description. These are the 10 most important things that I need for this person to do when they show up. Some of them are short-term, medium-term, and longer-term. And then I ask for specifics of what they have done in each of those roles. Now, that's Hmm. a very tactical question. I've just set aside the, the values. We'll come back to those. But tactically, we're looking for Have you done these things? When have you done them? How often have you done them? That's just mere checking the boxes for the qualifications. What's most important is that you're interviewing for the values, that you're interviewing for what we call the excellence reflex. It's consistent with our values. You're looking for are they actually listening to you? You're looking for their patience with you. You're looking for the way that they answer questions and are they aware of the way that they're speaking with you? So there are those tangible check the box. And then there there are those that are less obvious, which are more what I would call soft skills and values oriented. And so those are the kind of the two boxes that we use uh, as we're talking to people.
1: Okay. So let me just make sure I understand this. So we can kind of get, make sure that the listeners do. So let's say. You're hiring a bookkeeper. The job description would probably list like maintain accounts receivable, balance all accounts once a month, accurate data entry of transactions, prepare this report, that report, and these three other reports um, on a monthly basis, blah, blah, blah. What would the role description like? Give, give me an example. Okay, so that's a job description. First of all, have I got that right? Would that be Yeah, that's exactly right. Okay. Yep. Yep. And so
2: in that circumstance, what would a role description sound like? A role description would be thirty percent of my accounts receivable are over 90 days. And I need for you to collect those within the first 60 days. Or I need for you to keep there would be metrics involved rather than just to respond. I need you to keep, you know, our AR over 60 less than X percent. Okay. We're not up to date in some of our record keeping, I need you to get us up to date in X within 30 days or 60 days. So it's, it's specifics for, it's not just a, a general description. It's a specific role responsibility. We call it key result areas, a KRA, yeah. key result area. I need you to do this when you get here.
1: Got it. Yeah, so yeah, job specific. This is what's important to the business right now. And then does that mean that the, while the job description would probably be somewhat static during the tenure of that employee. Do you update their role description?
2: Uh, yes, yes. You would update that just as a part of your ongoing management. Mm -hmm. Um, so that role description then becomes on a quarterly basis. These are the things that I expect for you to do. Cool.
1: So up till now, we've been sort of talking about this as, uh, if you do these things, things will work out well. Um, If you, you know, if you have these values and you interview for these values and you present a good job description, role description. So let's talk about when they don't. Have you had an experience where you had someone who looked good on paper, you were really excited about through the interview process, but just didn't work out? And like, and what did you, how do you learn from that? What, 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 what are the takeaways?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think we all have. Or if you haven't, you, you, haven't, you haven't done enough hiring because it's always going to happen. I, look, I'm always looking very practically for how do I increase my chances that I'm going to be happy and that they're going to be happy, that it's going to be a good fit for me and it's going to be a good fit for them. And so what tools can I use? What are the things that I can do? So I'm learning from past experiences. And look, I probably, like a lot of people, used to just hire from resume. Match resume and job description oh, this looks great. This person's done this and they didn't lose their job. As far as we know. As far as we know. And you can't always tell. <laughs> I did that for many more years than I you know, want to admit. But you've got to dig deep and you've got to ask experiential questions, both on values, on discerning what is important to them and what motivates them and why they do what they do. And on the tactical, here's what it takes to do the job. What I find that we most often miss is the softer part or the values part, the part that's harder to discern. And so it's, it's exploring that. So in our organization, we've gotten to the point where everybody else does the tactical. And then when it's getting, oh, this looks like a pretty good candidate, then I speak with them. And I try to discern is you know, or confirm this is a good values fit. Culturally, this is somebody that's going to fit in our organization. Yeah. And so it has to be both.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it brings to mind. Uh, I think I think his name is Gary Kelly, the uh, CEO of um, Southwest Airlines. Yep, who speaks from time to time about they don't really care if you know, I, other than pilots, um, <laughs> they don't care if you know how to do the job nearly as much as if your values and your culture fit. I'm doing this off the cuff, so I, but I know like one of the values is fun. And if you can't be fun, and I think, yeah, the, the, the Gary Kelly's the current CEO, I think it was Herb Keller who really set this up. But if you can't do the fun thing, like being a technically proficient flight attendant or gate agent or whatever, isn't going to cut it. Yep. Is that is that kind of what you're talking about
2: too? That's that's exactly. And one of the things that we've discerned, just to get specific on this, is one of the things that we've found is that we're looking for for what what is the excellence reflex. Uh, we, we borrowed this from Danny Meyer of Union Square Hospitality, who's written a book setting the table. But this is really something that that is situational. You're looking for situations in which this person has the excellence reflex. That is the initiative, the awareness to go above and beyond what is required. This is often this often shows up in a willingness to show care or hospitality to a customer, a vendor, a partner or or an associate, where it's that above and beyond. <laughs> it's that, oh, this is a situation where I can make a difference, not just Not just responding, but by taking initiative and recognizing it and then taking initiative to do something about it. We're looking for that in everyone we hire. It doesn't matter what position. Because there are lots of people that do what we do. Sure. What is the distinctive? The distinctive is that we're going to go above and beyond. We want clients. We have a mission. Okay. Everybody's got a mission. Our two is very well thought out. And that is to surprise with remarkable delight. You say, well, that has nothing to do with legal. It doesn't have anything to do with legal. But unfortunately, in our industry, expectations are are so low that ours is to surprise you with the light yeah. to get to get the work product back to you before you expect it. For there to be a little something extra in there, so we're looking for people to join our team who have that reflex. Excellent.
1: All right. Well, we've been talking here with Joey Sieber. We covered values up front, and then we've been talking for a while now about you know how to use that interview process to gauge this excellence reflex, which I love that term, and, uh, and also just to how to assess a person's likelihood to succeed in the organization. When we come back, we're going to take a little break here. When we come back, I want to talk about temperament. You know, What, what are you looking for in temperament of folks? And then we'll, I want to finish up by talking about respect, because with rare exception, and I, yeah, I got to love the people who are the exception, People are respectful in the interview process. You know, it's, it's the rare person who is willing to show that they're not going to be respectful even in the interview process. And we, we thank them for letting us know who they are as quickly as possible. It saves a lot of time for everybody. But, uh, you know, what do you do to kind of, again, drill deeper and try to assess that on a deeper level in your hiring process? But before we do that, we'll hear a word from our sponsors and then we'll be right back. Nearly 80% of people search for lawyers online. They visit websites and check reviews. If your site doesn't appear in the top search results or it presents poorly, you risk losing clients. That's why you must know how your firm stacks up on Google against the competition. See how your reviews impact clients' decisions and how you can get better results from your site. Get an unbiased marketing performance report in under a minute right now at GrowLawFirm. And that's growlawfirm.com unbillable. Once again, growlawfirm.com slash unbillable. Find out how TimeSolve fits your firm. With six different ways to track time, surely one will fit, even on the go. Or quickly estimate flat fee projects. Batch payments for hundreds of invoices at once with TimeSolve Pay. Getting paid quickly is a great fit. And TimeSolve fits with the other tools you use. QuickBooks, LawPay, NetDocuments, Law Ruler, Microsoft, All just plug in. Try Time Solve free. Get a $100 Amazon gift card when you sign up. TimeSolve.com. And we're back with Joey Sieber. And we've been having a conversation about really how to assess people who've entered the hiring process for likelihood of success with our team and with our clients. What I said I wanted to do, Joey, when we got back was now gauging temperament. Because there's culture, but then there's temperament in the recruiting process, but temperament, expected temperament in the actual performance of the role and with their colleagues, because it doesn't take even a whole bad apple to really start to spoil the bunch. So what do you do to evaluate temperament in the recruiting process? How do you assess the qualities of temperament that are important to your organization?
2: Couple things. First of all, again, back to the experiential interview. We're looking our our interview process is longer than most. So I'm looking for patience. Do, do the people have the patience to go through multiple interviews with multiple people and it's gonna take two or three, maybe four weeks? Do they have that kind of patience? We're gonna ask, have multiple people interviews so that different people can get can form an opinion about them. And sometimes we'll have somebody interview that the interviewee may perceive as less important in an organization. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. we're looking to see, are they treating this person with respect? Are they treating this person the same way as they do the others? So that's one way to do it. And then we do some objective evaluation. We use something called the culture index. There's also the predictive index. There's also a disk profile. Way back when I was in college, I took the Myers-Briggs. These are all all different tools that we could loosely call it personality but it really measures how you're wired as right. a person and what what are what are the what are the types of jobs that you might be best suited for I, the way i like to describe it is this is just one maybe one leg of a three legged stool it's not determinative but it gives us an idea of who it is that we're talking to and how they're wired and we're able to build a profile that's ideal for particular jobs and then measure the profile of the applicant against that and then see where we might wanna be interviewing. So I just encourage people to use and, and to become proficient in using the tools because they do indicate how a person's wired and, and sometimes in what types of tasks or jobs are they gonna be more naturally inclined to be successful. Does it mean that I can't be an engineer? No. I could be, i probably smart enough, and I could, if I worked really, 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 really hard, I could probably have adequate success in mathematics and physics and calculus, but it's just not how I'm wired. No. And so the energy that it takes for me to do that successfully is much greater than someone who's wired differently that can do it more easily. Same thing for a job. So we incur we we use again culture index, but there are others as well.
1: Yeah, you mentioned yeah you mentioned also predictive index, predictive ind- index, DISC, and Myers Briggs, yep. and yeah, and sometimes a combination. But the culture index uh, I think is a, is an interesting one, and, and like you said, and I think that would you agree with me that they actually serve a dual purpose. So there's one, I think yeah how you're wired is this is this job within your natural excellence. Or is it one of those that you're going to have to struggle with, even though you might succeed? And the other one, which I also find great with these tools is, okay, once someone's on board, once someone's on the team, what's the best way to manage them? What's the best way to communicate with them? What's the best way to ensure their success
2: with the team? 100% right. And, the, and in fact, in the materials that we have, there's a little box and it talks about what motivates, how to communicate, you know, how, to, how, to, how to manage people with each of these. The other thing, and we get, I get really wonky with it because I find it to be tremendously useful. And that is for me as a manager, there are certain types of people that I'm going to manage better than others. And so not Mm. only is it, are you a fit for that particular job, but are you a fit in this organization based upon having me as a manager? I'm not a great one. (laughs) Okay. So (laughs) we're looking for people that have some initiative or self-starters, you know, it's not somebody that uh, you you just want a good fit with who your manager is going to be and, and what the job is.
1: Yeah. That makes, that makes a ton of sense. As we roll towards the end here, I I got two more questions I want to do like like briefly. um, Let's just spend a couple of minutes on talking about respect because it's, it is your third value. We talked about how you guys actually use that today. Do you use these same tools to assess Candidate's level of respect or uh, I know you're going to go back to experiential interview. what are you looking for and and
2: you know what does it mean to you we're We're looking for no, you cannot measure it in a test. you know the things that you can't measure uh, in the in the test or or surveys that I just mentioned you can't measure grit, you can't measure ethics, you can't measure really education or experience, and you can't really measure whether someone is respectful. Those are all things that you've got to determine as you're talking with somebody or, or, or meeting them. Respect to me is really, look, this is not foolproof, but it's pretty simple. Are people respectful in the ways that they interact with you, in the way that they communicate, in the way that they listen, in how long they talk before there's a break to discern whether they're on the right path, in the way that they address you or other people? To me, this is kind of one of those, almost one of those things of, you know the most important things I learned. I learned in kindergarten. We all know we know what respect is, yeah. but we often don't want to really know. And so it's being conscious and not letting our biases uh, override good sense, and looking for ways that people are overtly res- respectful, but also uh, things that are more subtle. So it could be just it could be manners. It could be the way that people speak. Uh, there there are many ways to. To judge that. I mentioned, you know, I mentioned our, our are they listening? How they listen? Are they patient? Sometimes we challenge a particular belief that they have and see how they respond to that. Do they become defensive and argumentative or are they able to listen and hold opposing thoughts in their head?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've heard of some organizations also like watching how they come in, how they treat the front desk, how they yeah. um, interact with people who they believe don't have power in the relationship. Um, do, do you do anything of, in that nature?
2: Well, we do, uh, you know, most of our, most of our interviewing still done remotely. We're uh, a distributed company, so we don't have a front desk, so to speak. Yeah. But when I mentioned, sometimes we'll have them interview with somebody who they would naturally perceive as less important in the organization. Right. And we want to, we want to see how, how that goes and what that person's impressions are.
1: What we've been talking about for the most part has addressed how people that you're recruiting and interviewing and making a decision about whether to bring into the business interact with colleagues um, and management in the business. Can you just talk briefly about how this also affects the business's interaction with clients and how how you hire can have impact on
2: the perception of, how, of who you are? Absolutely. That's what it's all focused on, right? I mean, look, when the difference between us and anybody else is the client experience, then these things that we're interviewing for, these things that we're looking for, starting with our core values, give a damn, get it done right and show respect. Those fit very nicely into what our clients expect. They want us to care about what we're doing passionately. They want us to get it done timely, efficiently and to be right and they mm. want us to be respectful in the process if you can do those three things the client is going to see it if those are the people you're hiring that's going to come through with a client how do you measure that how do you know if you're doing it right with a client yeah when you when you get more business <laughs> <laughs> i, I as flippant couldn't resist we do surveys we find out how our clients perceive us and whether they would recommend us uh, to a colleague or friend, but most of all, it's when, uh, when they come back. Joey, this has been a fantastic conversation
1: and it's gone incredibly fast. Um, we are, we're at the bottom of the show. Before I let you go, what would you think, if you could think, and I, I know I'm putting you on the spot, but like of the, everything that we've talked about, what would be a key takeaway um, for our listeners
2: to come away from the show with? I would summarize it like this. You can't do effective assessment of candidates with a checklist. You've got to be engaged and using your brain in the process. You can certainly have prompts, but you have to be engaged enough to go where those conversations take you in order to get the real meat from those conversations. I think that's a great takeaway. Thank you. This
1: wraps up this edition of the Unbillable Hour. And I thank all of the listeners for sticking with us. Our guest today, once again, has been Joey Sieber. He's the CEO of Level Legal. Joey, we've skimmed across the top of some pretty deep stuff. If our listeners want to touch base with you, ask you a follow-up question, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you?
2: Look, I'd be delighted if somebody have has a follow-up. Um, on LinkedIn, Joey Sieber on LinkedIn, easy to find. That's probably the best way and easiest way. But okay. Jay Sieber. J. Sieber at levellegal.com is the email as well.
1: All right. And of course, I am Christopher Anderson, and I am looking forward to seeing and being in the ears, I guess, of all our listeners on the next month's show with another great guest as we learn more about topics that help us build the law firm business that works for you. Remember, you can subscribe to all the editions of this podcast at legaltalknetwork.com or on iTunes. Thank you so much for joining us. We
0: will speak again soon. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to the Unbillable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast. Join us again for the next edition, right here with Legal Talk Network.
2: Learn by doing
1: with Practicing Law Institute's award winning on demand interactive programs. Developed by experts in learning design.